God is so good. I can't tell you. I'm so, I'm so happy to be a child of God. Saved, healed, delivered, set free, and made prosperous. Feeling whole, wholesome all the time. Amen? No matter what's going on in this tricky, deceitful place. Yep. I am free from it. I'm living in the kingdom. Amen. Turn to person next to you say, I'm in the kingdom, buddy. I'm not, uh, I'm not in Boxburg. I'm in the kingdom. I'm experiencing the kingdom more than I'm experiencing Erkuleni and their bad service delivery. Are you with me? <laughs> I, can't, I can never get that word right. How do you say Ekulu. Ekuruleni. Ekuruleni. Kikiriku. That's how I get it. <laughs> awesome, man. I don't know, where did he go? Where's Bash, guys? Yeah. Oh, we're waiting for you. A préparé. He's preparing. Oh, he's so. preparing. <laughs> awesome. Cute. Good morning, everybody. You better stay in the kingdom because that's where life is. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. You don't want to be anywhere else. Because uh, if you're anywhere else, yeah, you get all confused and all messed up. And uh, then you have to phone us to come and drag you out and, <laughs> <laughs> and help out and do all kinds of things. And, you know, and I was thinking that we give our hearts to things in life. And we don't understand how our, our, our hearts can be so messed up and so, so destroyed. You know, and when we've messed it up so many times, then we decide we're going to come back to God and give our hearts to Him in a sense and, and, and let Him pour, as, as you know, that balm of Gilead, you know, mm. and, uh, and heal it. And, and sometimes it's just so late because we, we, we've messed up our hearts so many times. Then you, when you, have, you want to have that relationship with the Lord, knowing that He is good, you know, You've given it so many times to your boyfriends and your husbands and your this and your wives and girlfriends. And trust me, you don't have a good outcome there. You've got to give your heart to Jesus, not to people. It was never designed for you to give it to people. And stop looking at soapies to be able to help you legitimize what you're doing. Because it reinforces something that is not even true. Are you listening to me? Hey? It reinforces something that is not even true, doesn't even exist. Now, there's some people here who need to hear this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> hey? Because a lot of people are in love with a concept of love, not with a person. And that's where they get broken. And you develop this. And remember, all these concepts that we see that have come from the Nephilim. Who do you think the goddess Aphrodites and Eros and all? What, what did you think that they presented? It's just a part of the flesh for you to connect to and experience some kind of a euphoric, what they call romantic. That's not romance. Romance is not based on what they present. So you get connected to those emotions. 
They're not real. They don't even exist. Because we forget intimacy. We forget what relationships were. Relationship is me being full of something. Me. Not trying to find an emotion. A mystical emotion. That I'm going to connect to. And somehow I'm going to fit into that whatever it is. Am I right? And then our hearts get broken, people. Destroyed, smashed, smithereens. And we expect, you know, uh, uh, life to, to come right after that. And unfortunately, we as parents allow this stuff. We should never allow it. Because that's demonic, people. It's demonic. It destroys your life. And God is calling you and he says, come out of that stuff. It's not real. That's, you know, those are different gods that promote different things. I am a God of source. So we need to renew our minds in those areas. Literally, we need to renew our minds because we keep falling back on the same old patterns, the same old things, and expect God to bless that because somehow we are mesmerized and we mixed up, we get mixed up the love of God and the romance of God with the world romance. We totally mix it up. And God says, take that leaven out. That leaven needs to be removed. That's what's destroying your life. Man, I was looking at um, the prayer again of, of Jesus. I don't know why, why, what made me go there yesterday. Uh, yes, I was searching something on Job. Anyway, and, and I landed up there, and I look at that word. He says, lead me away from temptation. Lead us, yeah? You know what he's talking about there? About you and me personally, that we bring ourselves to destruction. Lead me away from the temptation that brings destruction into my life. The toxic and the poison on, on this stuff that we're talking about now. That's destroying me. It's toxic. And God is calling us to the true romance, which is found in the book of Song of Solomon and the book of Ruth. That is the type of romance that you should be experiencing in your heart. That's why let's take the leaven. Let's, let's begin to take that leaven out inside that loaf. Sorry, you, you, you can say hello. Sorry. Morning, everyone. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties on Facebook, and I'm tech support. So <laughs> there we go. Did, I wasn't avoiding it. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, yeah, Just checking. yeah. You know. I was maybe, I was, yeah. But uh, morning everyone, Tasso, that's uh, what you started on there was, that was beautiful, amazing. 
um, the true romance with God yeah. is, is something that is so, what's the correct word? Pure. pure. Pure is the correct word. It is something that is so pure. It is something so wholesome, something so freeing, you know. It is something that is actually our source of life, you know. And, uh, and I like that you brought up the, the soapies and stuff. Because <laughs> I remember, man, growing up, my gran, whenever she used to come and stay over, right, from, what time did the soapy start? It was like 4.30, I think, eh? The bold and the beautiful. Yeah, 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 yeah. It started with, no, 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 it was loving. Eh? On Mnet or something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Anyway. So anyway, my grand would start from 4.30, I kid you not, right? Until 9 o'clock that evening, every weekday, Monday to Thursday, the whole house was watching a soapy. And we moved from SABC1 all the way through to ETV. <laughs> like every, every 30 minutes, you know? It was... And I promise you, we'd sit there as kids and we'd watch this stuff and we'd be like, yo, Rich Forrester is here now. And then uh, what's a Bow and Hope? Do you remember Bow and Hope, Fancy Face? Do you remember Fancy Face? You know, <laughs> everyone's laughing because you all used to watch it. Eh? Yeah, I remember, yeah. Eh? Oh, Massimo. No, no, not Massimo. Stefano. Stefano de Mera. Massimo, yeah. So I don't know what soapy you were watching. The, uh, <laughs> Massimo. No, Stefano is days. We are not having a discussion about this right now. He, in he, was, okay. he, he was watching telenovela. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Massimo, you're sleeping with the fishes, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, it's so crazy because we've got all these different kinds of romance and affection and love and all these examples given to us, you know? And uh, it's so funny how we each choose the template that fits how we're feeling. We each choose the template that fits what we need, you know? Yeah, what, what we need, it's like, okay, right now, I need to feel like I'm in power, therefore, I'm going to act a certain way to someone. Right now, I feel vulnerable. I need someone to act a certain way towards me, you know? And, and we're just constantly uh, uh, reacting to what we're needing, especially when it comes to relationships, you know? And how often we do the same with God, you know? Uh, we would, um, I was watching, what's his name this week? Uh, Chris Kilala. Uh, he's from, he's the Jesus Culture, you know, worship leader and it's so amazing he was uh, on this podcast thing it was just a snippet um and he was talking about why we should worship now you know why why should we worship now you know so he says it's like okay when we're in heaven one day and we're standing before god and you know it's amazing and we're all whole and perfect and we're in the fullness of god's presence and everything you know uh, um worship is a natural thing it's going to be completely normal to us. It's going to be in our design, in our wholeness, everything. We're just going to be singing out. But while we're here now to choose the fullness of God, when we're stuck in the paradox of the spirit and the flesh, right? But to choose the fullness of God now is where we truly experience abundant life. You know, and it's, it's, it's something that we know, but it just refreshed something in me the way he put it. You know, that now while we are here, is that we have such an opportunity to partake of a realm that will be our home one day, are you with me? But can be our reality now. And when we look at romance with God, man, I mean, like you mentioned, Song of Songs and, and Ruth, you know? Song of Solomon's? Song of Songs? Yeah, same, yeah, same thing, yeah. Same, same, but different. Um, and, and Ruth, you know, when you look at the kind of love that gets displayed in that text, Guys, that should be our benchmark for any romantic relationship, any friendship, 
any business relationship, whatever it may be. Are you with me? I mean, did you were saying last, was it last year? I think uh, someone, one of the youngsters came to your house or something, and they were talking about what they look for in a young guy or something, and I think one of the comments was, no, as long as he wears like all-stars all and, what, what was it? I, I, all-star all techie. Yeah, all, yeah, as long as he wears all-stars. So I'm already out, unfortunately, today. Grant, you're also out, sorry. No Chelsea boots, yeah, sorry. Uh, Jaredine, Jaredine, let's go. Ladies, eligible bachelor in the front over here, all right. But, uh, but you know, all these benchmarks, and, and the thing is, is, is simply because, just like I mentioned earlier, there's a need that we identify and we choose. This is what's good. Are you with me? Even when it comes to relationships. And God's saying, no, no, no. When I act towards you, this is what's good for you. How I act is what's good for you. How I treat you is what's good for you. How I speak to you is what's good for you. Are you with me? Not like the soapies, like you were saying. Yeah. You know, not like all these, uh, what's the reality shows? I don't watch them, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, man, what's the, the, is it Love Island? I think that stuff. Uh, Temptation Island. Temptation Island, and Island, you know yeah. where, where they say, no, we gotta test the relationship. We gotta test the relationship, and we gotta, you know, test the love. You know, guys will come out, guys get hurt by a girl once, and they'll be like, listen, don't compliment chicks. Don't tell them anything, bro. They'll just, oh, they're, they're, they'll just take you for granted. Thanks, Uncle Greg. They'll just take you for granted and they'll just set you aside. You're like, okay, but wait, hold on, dude. What is going on? And then all the women, yeah, hashtag men are trash. Okay, sorry. We're just sitting here. I'm wearing black today. They're walking you. infidels. Yeah. <laughs> so many distortions that actually strip value away from what God created to be good. Are you with me? And that's what happens when we hold to our leaven. If we hold to our leaven, we are stripping the value that God has placed in us experiencing the things he has designed. Are you guys with me? I was having a discussion with someone a couple of weeks ago, and, and you know, we were talking about how, you know, marriage. Obviously, because there's, there's a very special marriage coming up soon. Where's my people? Ah. Where's the other people? Where's he? Oh, there's it there in the back, yeah. They, oh, we thought you eloped. Yeah, <laughs> stop blushing, but Yeah, so Jaden and Daron are getting married soon. Hey, woo, yeah, party. But, and, and you know, so uh, I get the honor of doing the ceremony. So praise God, hallelujah. That's uh, so cool. I'm so excited. Mm -hmm. You know, it's so cool. I'm going to try my hardest not to cry. Because, you know, those two are so close to my heart. Uh, it's going to be bad if the pastor's busy crying there. <laughs> We're going to show today. No, I'll leave that to Trish and Didi. They can cry. Um, but, you know, we've been talking so much about marriage and, you know, all these things. And I asked the guys a question. I said, guys, you know what? You know, over the years, through generations, we've always heard, yeah, marriage is tough, man. Sheesh. Marriage is hard work. So I sat back and I thought to myself, now, we've been talking about, you know, God's model. And, you know, the, the blueprints God gives and, you know, all that stuff. And like Jesus himself said, listen, if those of you who are burdened and, you know, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy, my burden is light, you know. So I said, God designed marriage, right? Marriage comes from God. So what makes it difficult? If it comes from God, should it be difficult? <coughs> yeah, look, look, all the married people are laughing. It's like, I bet you're single, you're young, you don't know. Whatever, we'll see when you get there. I know, look, even Kirk is like, yeah, but Now listen, I'm not, I'm not challenging that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not tough. I'm, anyway, but 
What I am saying is, is that... Just because you get married doesn't mean your flesh stops working. Right? Yeah. Thank you. But you took my punchline. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Teamwork makes the dream work. But what is it that makes every model of God difficult? It's only flesh. Exactly. We are the ones that make everything difficult. I was, I was actually counseling a, a, a um, couple of people over the last couple of weeks with regards to marriage and relationships. And funny enough, this came up. And uh, so, ladies, guys, if they're not reborn, you don't even entertain it. You do not even entertain it. Yeah, that's a good one. Keep clapping, okay. Karin. That's a good one. And don't come with your stories. No, I'm, I'll get him saved. No, 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 no. He must get saved first. Then he must start walking with God. Then the truth of the gospel must be alive in his heart. The grace of God must be reigning in his heart, and then only when he's, once he's reached maturity in walking with God. I love the fact that, you know, they say, they'll change the guy. These ladies, they're so strong. Eh? They'll change the guy and they'll get him saved. Yeah. And then I ask him, I'm like, I'm like, it's been three, four years, six years, seven years. It looks like he's dragged you into hell, more like you've taken him to heaven. Because why are we sitting here talking about this? You know, so the, so the thing is, guys, Number one, light and darkness cannot fellowship. And marriage is the strongest union of fellowship. You cannot do it. You know? The problem, the problem is this, is like what you said now, Bash, so important, is that marriage does not come from the court. Marriage was not designed by the government. Marriage was not designed by pastors or the church. Marriage as an institution itself was designed by God himself. Amen. Now, how dare we have the audacity to look at something that God designed and nonchalantly, casually say, well, you know what? I'm just going to ask this girl to marry me. You know why? Because I see the value in it. Wow, two people committing to each other. You know, um, a deep relationship that's going to be built here over the next however long. All the stuff looks so good. I like the things of God. Let me tell you something. Christians and the world, they love God's stuff. But they don't love to have God's stuff in God. You have the audacity to think that you can just go and say, will you marry me? Or I do. But you haven't come to the one who, who's built the framework for that very thing that you're trying to go and get cover in. Yeah. Come on. Who do you think you are? Who do we think we are? Where we can take these things designed by our God and think we can manipulate it in our flesh to make it work to suit the way we want it. Yeah. Guess what's coming? Hell on earth. Because one thing about marriage, guys, one thing about friendships and relationships, they are the most important decisions you will ever make. More important than where you go and work. Because jobs come and go, companies close, they get bankrupt because bad CEOs don't know how to work with their money. Things change. But the relationships where you're giving of yourself and they're giving of themselves, there's a connection there. It's way more uh, uh, um, life-determining than where you work. It's like everybody focuses on what job they're going to have. Now, I'll just marry any chamos on the way there. 
<laughs> I will just, I'll just hang out with there, whoever, but as long as I get that position over there. What a fool. Amen? It's a fool. Let's call it what it is. Let's not uh, tiptoe around these things because do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you want to romance with your heart with jobs and things and places and entertainment and you want to romance like Tasso saying you want to connect with all these things but you don't want to connect with him. Guess what? You've placed your hope outside of the only one that can carry it. So guess what is coming? A sick heart. And let me tell you something, when that thing gets sick, we're touching on it on Wednesday. When that heart gets sick, you have now begun the spiral of death. Without, with, whether you like it or not. Because death starts to work inside a sick heart. What is death? Death is just separation from God. That's all it is. Now that heart goes into that self-preservation uh, um, thing and it starts to operate and it starts to do things. And before you know it, you become so dark and so hard and so twisted in your heart. No vision, nothing. Because you've just been doing it your way and doing things the way you think they should be done without God. And now what? Now you are in trouble. How can we be so silly, folks? They put emphasis on places and things and jobs and careers and cars and money and clothes and I don't know, what else? Having iPhones, <laughs> I don't know, whatever the big thing is nowadays. So, yeah, smart TV. Dude, dude, an iPhone is never big. Oh, never, never has never been. Big. Please. I always say to people, you know, I say, we are so, this is how external we are, and this is how messed up we are as human beings. This is why we need God. Because we all, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> we all looking at this vision in our heart, and the vision in our heart is, I want to be this high-powered businesswoman driving a Porsche with a nice three-piece suit and a briefcase sitting in the office inside Michelangelo in Santon City, corner office, looking over top of the pops, making 200 grand a month. That yes. is success. Sheesh. That's success. But you know what God says? He says that stuff, you can have it if you want, if you really need it. If you really want it, you can have it. But why don't you stop and think about who the person is that's holding that briefcase in your vision. Why don't you stop and think about the caliber and the character and the fruit in that person and the life that they are living while they're driving that Porsche or sitting in that big office. Because let me tell you something, it doesn't matter if you've got all that stuff and your kids don't love you, your kids don't respect you. It doesn't matter if you've got all that stuff but you've, you've given all your health away to get it. The ticker ain't working like it used to because of all the stress and anxiety and the chasing. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when are we going to realize that we never place our hope in anything outside of Him? And when our hope is in Him, there is a good expectation. When our hope is not in Him, there's an expectation 
of sickness for the heart. That's what the scripture says. Exactly. It says hope deferred makes the heart sick. And let me say something. We, uh, we're counseling some folks during the week, man. It was a, it was a very powerful thing. I, I was sitting with a gentleman, and um, I walked into his house. I sat down, and Auntie Charmaine was with me. We are having a, like a, um, a house call. I haven't done a house call in a while. I felt like a doctor. But anyway, so... Um, Went to go see these people and uh, I was supposed to go and chat with, with the family and then started chatting to everybody separately and I started speaking to the dad. The dad's actually quite a nice guy. He's quite a soft heart and whatever. And uh, he's like, man, I'm so tired of church. I'm so, I- I'm so glad that you came to see us because I'll never go back to a church. And uh, church has hurt me. And this has hurt me. But the reason why we were there because they felt like there was demonic activity in the house. So while I'm talking to him and he's, and he's talking to me and I'm saying, listen, my boy, there's no, there's no demons here. He's like, but then what is it? And I said, it's your heart. And this man started getting tears in his eyes. And I said, because your heart has become cold and hard and bitter. Because as he was speaking, it was, such, it was so beautiful how the Holy Spirit just exposed mm. everything, you know. He, it all started when he was in a high-powered position and then he lost that job and he never ever forgave himself. And that was like 20 years ago. And from that place, um, he's been trying to seek that same satisfaction and feeling that he used to have there because he's actually a very qualified guy. But at the moment, he's doing a job of a rep. And he's so hard on himself. He's so down on himself. And, and it's coming out while he's going. And he's going, and I used to be there, and I could fly this, and I could do that. I've got this license. I've got this uh, thing. But I'm just a rep at the moment. And his heart had become twisted, Absolutely. completely twisted. And his heart is, his heart is broken. Mm-hmm. And the next moment, that's when I say, guys, that... If we allow the heart to go there, that's where the death spiral starts to kick in. Mm. Because he said to me, Pastor, I'm so happy you exposed my heart tonight. He doesn't even know what his heart is, but he's listening to what I'm saying. He says, I'm so happy you showed me the, the pride inside of me. He says, because you know what? L- listen to this. What? Listen carefully. <laughs> listen properly? Properly. Okay. This is what comes out of this man's heart. He's so beautiful. He's so, he's so honest. He says, because I've been waking up lately and I've set a date without even knowing when I'm going to die. You want to mess with your heart. You want to mess with your heart. You want to allow bitterness there. You want to allow your heart to get sick because you've placed your hope in the wrong places. Before you know it, coming out of your mouth will be, I won't live past 50. I won't live past 55. I won't see this. I won't see that. Do you know what we're playing with here? This is not a game, guys. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for out of it flows all the issues of life. So religion told that man to get a pastor in his house. So he got hold of Auntie Charmaine through people, and she is always so faithful. Took us there, and guess what? He thought we were going to come cleanse the demons. But guess what? Just a, it's just a broken heart. Mm. Don't ever discount what a broken heart will do to you. Yeah. Absolutely. 
You've got to understand. And what Tasso is saying, it starts with that. It starts with what are you romancing with? Because, you know, the Bible speaks of faith, love, and, uh, and hope. You know? But it all begins with the love. And if you're placing your love in anything else, if you're having a relationship with your career or your bank account yeah. or with uh, people uh, they've been put above God or whatever, you're romancing with something else but, uh, but not God, you're in trouble. Because it's the love of God that opens the heart and casts a vision, a hope for tomorrow. Exactly. So it starts with love. I've got to receive the love. I've got to feel the love. I've got to experience love. I've got to be in romance with love himself. And then my heart begins to cast a vision of hope for tomorrow. Another word for vision is hope. Yeah. See, the love gives birth to the vision. Yeah. The love, because you haven't romanced with your career and your job and how much money you used to make and now you don't make it. So now you've been let down by your lover. Are you with me? Yeah. So the love experienced casts a vision of hope. Now I can walk. Now I can go because I can see again because I'm loved. Because I'm feeling and I'm romancing with my king. He casts a hope inside me. A vision comes out of me. And guess what? Now faith kicks in. What is faith? Faith is I can go and take that vision. I can go partake of it by the grace of God. What are you romancing with? What is it? What is it that's so important in your life? Don't you understand that you are an eternal being? When an eternal being gets caught up in temporary things, it gets sick. Let's say it again. Say, I am an eternal being. I have eternal vision. Because when I die, when I leave this body, I don't die. I live forever. I am eternal. And if I am an eternal being, if I take my eyes off the eternal God that I'm in love with, my source of eternity, if I take my eyes off of him and I put it on any one of these temporary things, I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get frustrated. And that's when the disease comes in. That's when the loss of vision comes in. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, the concept of hope is so important that we, we, we sometimes lose the actual meaning of what it is to have it in our lives. Remember, it started right from the beginning and, and God said, Let, he doesn't want man to be alone. Now, do you know that that word in the Hebrew doesn't mean you need a partner? It means lonely. Hey? He doesn't want any human being to experience loneliness. Because you can be in a crowd and still be lonely. Am I right? Am I right? Well, I've experienced that. So, so the first thing that God wants you to experience is his presence. And he says, and that's why I love that word hope. He says, when you experience his presence, when you choose it, let's say right now, what's happening inside my heart is the desire 
that my future, especially where we're living today, is going to be okay. Well, we can't guarantee that, people. Nobody can guarantee anything like that. But guess what? He himself and his presence that I'm going to decide to focus on and experience it now. He says that fullness becomes my hope for tomorrow. That minute becomes now the confident expectation. Because I exchanged what the world was trying to offer me with who he is. And he says, listen, when you get there, which is tomorrow, I'll be there waiting for you with a provision because I'm there. I am in you. So who becomes your hope? He does. So that when I get there, whatever that day tomorrow is, I'm not going to take care, he says, Jesus, about tomorrow. There's no need for it. That's why you become anxious. You're trying to take care of what you think should happen tomorrow and how tomorrow should be. And that's where we lose ourselves. Because we have a plan how tomorrow should be. Hey, tomorrow is him. <laughs> Come on. It's a person with his fullness. So when I get there tomorrow, I'm not lonely. His presence is with me and his presence is goodness. Because I experience now his presence, I will partake of provision because I experience his presence because he is the bread of life am I right he is that bread that I ate his wholeness that manifests also in the physical so when I get to tomorrow don't worry about tomorrow yes you can plan and the way you plan is According to how you have inside your heart, according to your, um, your giftings, whatever you have, whatever you want to do. But you lay it at aside. You say, that's where I want to get, and you leave it. Because tomorrow, you and Jesus are going to walk it out. Amen. And that's how you get rid of stress, by the way. That's it. Because for the first time, you have confident expectation that tomorrow, Jesus will be there with you. That's huge. That is huge. That is huge. Yeah. And he is the one. And remember, like what you were saying now, I I remember in the book of James chapter 1, it says, he says, let the lowly exalt himself. And he says, let the one who thinks very highly of himself bring himself down. How do you do that? Because you all connect to a common denominator called Jesus, the person. The high one thinks, like you said, about the corner office in Michelangelo. That's what he's thinking or she's thinking about. And they're supposed to bring themselves down to the person who has everything. And let the lowly one who thinks he doesn't deserve anything go back to the standard, a person, Jesus, and your heart gets exalted. That's where we want to be. He's the standard. He is the standard of my life. He is the presence of my life. 
I have been sanctified not to find life outside of anything else but Him. That's it. Come on. That's what it's about. How more clear can we do that? How, how do you sanctify His name? The name of sanctification if you are not finding your life in Him. How? You can't do it. You see? So God is calling us to a hope, notice, that doesn't allow your heart to be broken. Doesn't give you room. Because you are guaranteed that His presence is going to lead you into peace and joy, the Bible says. Man, you know why it's so important to understand that 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 His presence, okay, if your hope is in His presence, if your hope is in Him, why your heart can't get broken? Because you have fallen so deep in love that He is of a higher value than everything else. That's why His hope can never let you down. Are you with me? He has everything that you need. The only problem is people are still in the flesh thinking that those things will give them something deeper and of more value than His presence. But when you can get your heart in the place where Christ is the center and He is of the highest value, everything can come and go. Even people can come and go. Even husbands and wives can can come and go. You know why? Because I need nothing. I'm in a deep personal relationship with hope himself. He's of higher value than anything else, guys. But that's the journey that we have to get it, go on. And that comes through relationship. Yeah. I, love, I love Trish now more than I did when I met her. Why? Because we've exchanged, we've exchanged stuff for 20 years. Are you with me? She, she doesn't look at my, my good looks that I used to have. She couldn't help herself in those days. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it. Just kidding, just joking. But I couldn't help myself either. <laughs> but but the thing was is that over twenty years we've exchanged certain things. Okay. Now when she sees me, she goes, "Here's my hubby. He's already almost fifty, you know." But she's not evaluating on those things anymore because she's gone somewhere deeper. I've gone somewhere deeper. Are you with me, guys? You created to go there. You were created for a relationship with God and a relationship with people. If those things aren't the priority, you are in trouble. That's just how it is. All the other stuff he says, they're just it's temporary. The people aren't. But we, we've got to become deep people, people that seek the depths of what God has for us in our relationships with him and people. When she looks at me now, she doesn't, she doesn't look at how she did when she, back in the day. She, she's even now knows all my flaws. And she can even overlook those. Because she's grown closer to who I am. Are you with me? Yeah, absolutely. I don't look at, I, I, I can look past anything she does, whatever, because I'm in love. I love her. Yo, listen, no, that, that does help, though. It does help. 
The way to a man's heart is through his stomach, eh? Hey, yeah, we know that. let's go. <laughs> Besides the fact that she's super talented. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is the key, guys. Yeah. If we're going to live, we, we don't want to live there. We want to live there. Mm. You know? When we leave this thing, that's all we got. You got all your feelings, your memories, your emotions. Are you with me? You're, that's all you got. When you leave this thing, what do you, what, what do you have? You know what I'm saying? Huh? Yeah. And it's um, of, of what you were explaining last week with the left brain, right brain logic, you know, all that sort of stuff. You guys remember that from last week? I think that was like the biggest chunk last week, right? And I hope everyone was thinking about that this week because once you bed that down, it's going to help you a lot in life, all right? And um, that left brain justification like you, you guys were talking about now is that connection with Jesus. Mm. That's the only thing because whatever evidence that you're going to accumulate physically in life will change. Week on week, month on month, year on year, it's going to change. And if the evidence that you're gathering is based on that, you're going to need a new psychic reset every single time you get that new evidence, right? But having the sound mind that the Bible tells us to have, be of a sound mind, right? It's telling us to anchor this process in Jesus. That's what it's telling us to do. And I'm bringing this up because uh, um, when we are caught up in the things of the world and when we are deeply uh, rooted in these objectives that we have, right? Uh, we get very extreme about things. Well, what do I mean by that? Because a lot of people hearing this this morning be like, okay, Pastor, but what's wrong with me having a career? It's like, we didn't say there's anything wrong, okay? We didn't say there's anything wrong with you having all the stuff and you fulfilling all the degree. We're not saying there's anything wrong with that, all right? We're saying is which part of you is anchored in completing that? That's where life or death comes in. Are you with me? And that extreme sort of uh, uh, viewpoint and all those sort of things, you will find often when there's a lot of self-preservation. Mm. It's like, this is the only way. I'm sorry. That is it. Finished. You know? That's why God guaranteed us salvation. Yeah. That's why he had to. Because he knew. If we didn't have an extreme answer, we'd never be settled. We'd always be fighting. Have you seen a Christian who fights for their salvation every day? I used to be one of those Christians. Yeah, it was tough. It was very tiring, okay? Never even moved on to living life. Was just trying to be right with God the whole time, okay? Um, but once you understand the message in the gospel that it is guaranteed through Jesus, then this connection that you guys are talking about, this experiencing of a person, this fulfillment that comes from God's love to us can start becoming a reality. Are you with me? Because do you know, you can still have the love of the world in you and still claim with your mouth, hey, I love God with all my heart. God, I love you so much. But the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life can still be alive in your heart. Yeah, yeah. You see, the only thing, and, and I think it's First John 2 that tells us that the only thing that takes that out is God's love for you. You see, you need to understand that principle, guys. This here, the, 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 the traps that we're talking about, the career, the money, the, the, the marriages, whatever it is, right? Those traps that we're talking about only exist because the hope of that person is not in your heart. See, that love that God has for you has not been made real in your heart. So someone can be completely dedicated to God, 
morning, night, seven days a week, 500 days a year, right? Not physically possible, but a religious person will tell you they did it, right? Because they needed to. They needed to prove to God, I can squeeze more out of a year, all right? But the truth is, is that God is not calling for service. He's calling for connection. Because you see, every single good thing that you produce in your life will be a fruit of love. Yeah. Effortless. In line with who you are in Christ. Are you with me? So anyone who loves the world, Scripture tells us, the love of the Father is not in them. Not they don't love God. The love of the Father is not in them. Because only when you see that exchange of value from the world and the corner office and all that stuff to God saying, listen, exactly how you want to feel there, I can give you that. And you don't have to pay that price to get it. Christ paid that price. Are you guys with me? That is the exchange that God's asking us to make. I mean, that's a very good point. But think about... Think about now the left and right brain when you want to go for that corner office. You know, let, let, let's take that scenario. Or you want to have a, a, a success in something, you know. Again, what is your left brain going to say? It's going to look for all the qualifications that you need to have for you to get there. And everybody has messed up in life, some more than others in different areas. So you've got your conscious convicting you, notice the word, convicting you, what price you need to pay to get there. Am I right? Okay. Now then we have got a second problem. Oh, what is the second problem? The second problem is the image that you've got inside your heart. What about if that image that you have of your worth is not or doesn't match where you're going. And you don't know how to do any hard work. That's what destroys you. That's what gets you sick. Do you understand? That's why he says, don't look just like the Gentiles seeking for those things. Don't seek for them. Because it gets down always to one thing. What's my motive? It's not that God doesn't want. What is your motive? Forget about everybody else. Yours and mine. Why do I want it? See, that reveals, when you ask that question, it reveals your heart. You know exactly why you want it. Hey? Why do you want to have a perfect body? There's nothing wrong with having a healthy, perfect body, but what do you want it? Never mind about other people. You. Hey? Think about it. To make power selfies. Yeah. <laughs> you see, and then you sit there and you start evaluating inside your heart and you say, you know what? Lord, right now, you're not my source here. I depend to be accepted. I depend to get love. I depend everything because... I'm a person of acceptance or I'm a person of performance, whatever you are, okay? So therefore, right now, you're not my source. Yes, I sing. Yes, I praise the Lord and I do everything. But in this area, you're not my Lord. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Just being honest. 
Lord, lead me, help me with your Holy Spirit to make an exchange here in my heart. Where you really become your presence, who you are, that fullness of who you are, becomes my reality in my heart. So that when I enter any situation, wherever they place me, I take you with me. And wherever I am, whether I'm abased or whether I'm abounding, you are my contentment. That's it. That's the secret. And that saves me. Hey? That's what we need. Am I right? And that's what Bash was talking about. That's a very good point. Notice if you leave something to yourself, how destructive it is. Because we don't understand, it seems we don't understand how we actually function as human beings. You know? Nobody takes the time to figure it out or to even think about it. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I was saying to that gentleman. I'll close with this, guys, because it's quarter past now. I think, yeah. 20 past. Quarter past. And um, he was saying, thank you for exposing my heart to me, you know? And I said to him, sir, you know what the problem is? I said, we will take a, a program at work, like a computer program that the boss comes and says, learn this thing because it can give you an extra 10 grand a month. It can maybe open up scope for you overseas and we, you can do this. You know, what you, you know what you'll do? You'll go and you'll learn that thing because you see value in it. You will learn that program inside out because you know, I could possibly get an increase. I can get some more money. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, promotion. You see the value in it. But nobody sees the value in figuring out how the seed works in the soil. And nobody takes the time to learn the mechanisms of the heart. What is it made up of? How does it falter things? How does it process things? We know computers back to front, but we don't even know our own processor. Are you with me? How can that be? There must be something desperately wrong with human beings. Hello? What would stop you from going to learn how your processor works? What is it? What is that thing that's stopping us from making that the most important thing in our lives? Because if we get the heart right, the Bible tells us everything comes. Everything comes. But we're so busy with everything else, we ignore the heart. What is wrong with us that we do that? Amen? It comes down to one thing. We're not valuing Him. We're not valuing what we were put on this planet for. I did a thing with one of the ladies who is in the church. She's the top PR officer in South Africa, award-winning uh, public relations officer Janine. She stays out in Randburg. She's going to Cape Town now. But anyway, we had 12 women in a room and I sat there and she said, Pastor Didi, we're going to do this thing um, where I'm going to try and help these women. And, um, but before we, before we do this thing, she developed a whole course because she got saved in this church and it really changed her life radically. And uh, she went and developed this, this, this course. Okay? So we had all these women sitting in and they're all high-powered businesswomen. They're all sitting around the table. I'm the only guy there. Nice. Yeah, I was feeling, <laughs> feeling weird there. But anyway, <laughs> and then the next moment she goes, she kicks off the meeting and she goes, 
We're going to ask everybody here to introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about themselves. We want to get to know you. So, and they start. Wendy, Jane, Samantha, blah, blah, blah. They go through all of them. Whatever their names were, I can't remember. Praise, bless their hearts. Guess what? All 12 of them. She said, I want to get to know you. Pastor Didi wants to get to know you. Do you know what they all shared? I am 32. I'm a lawyer. And I work at uh, ENS or whatever it is. I am 29. I am a architect. I am... Hi, I'm... We got, we got to the end of all 12 of them. I, I went to Janine and I said, I don't know any of them. And she was like, huh? I said, I still don't know anyone yet. I know what they do, but I don't know what, if they like art. I don't know if they like to sing. I don't know if they're into fitness. I don't know if they, I don't know nothing about them. All I know is what they do. And it hit Janine like a steam train. She was like, oh my gosh. And she went and developed another course. Because <laughs> she's so efficient. She just does things. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I said to all the ladies, I said, ladies, you know what? Not one of you told me what your favorite color, whether you like flowers, whether you have a hobby or whatever. I don't even, all I know is what you do. That's not who you are. You are so disconnected from your heart. You don't even understand the value of who you are in God on this planet and your purpose. All you think your purpose is, is to sit in a two by four office. Eight to, eight to five, work, 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 go home, sleep, poo, eat, go back to office. That is what you are actually bringing to this planet. And let me tell you something. You know the woman, so there was snot and trana all over the place. <laughs> then for the next, <laughs> next 20 minutes, I was handing out tissues. You know? No. <laughs> The hard work had begun, you know, you know what I'm saying? There was snot and trana over there for I don't know how long. But, but are, you, are you with this, guys? This happened at every meeting that we did. Even one with Grant. Grant I think you were there, Grant. Yeah, no, he yeah, was yeah. the first one. Yeah. Yes, he was there, one of them, yeah. And then when, when the course was done on Grant, stumped, stumped everyone because they said, what is the question? Yeah, what's your purpose? Uh, everybody purpose is to do, make this and uh, be this and you know. we came to Grant's paper it was to be loved by God and the, and the lady doing the course was like there's something wrong with this guy I was like what do you mean? He's like he said his purpose is to be loved I said but he, he's right like, and let me tell you so jump the fence they were like stuck these high powerful business people they're like there's something wrong with this guy. He doesn't have any ambition yeah. or drive. His thing is just to be loved. And then it was another half an hour after we explained why. Then it was snort and trana again. Oh, do you understand what I'm saying? People, they just don't even know why they're here. I think it's the most Googled question. What is my purpose? Why am I here? How? You've got a soul that can feel and emote. It can think. It has a vision. 
It has a decider that can make decisions to bring life in, to, to keep death out, to connect with people. But you want to know why, what's your purpose? My purpose is to work at Google. Do you understand where this has all gone wrong, guys? What is it? Why? Why would we forsake the heart becoming a well-oiled machine in God for that stuff? Do that work in your heart now, this week. Ask yourself that question. Why do I not connect to my heart to do the work? To understand how I work? You know why? Because you don't love yourself. You actually don't love yourself. Because, like Tasso said, there's been failings in your life. There's been letdowns. There's been missed hopes. So guess what? You're too scared to go in your heart to try and fix it because you're scared what you're even going to see in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. But, but what does God say? say in me you are perfect so what is prayer prayer is to judge reconcile and is your prayer just taking your shopping list and saying god i need a car i need a car i need a new techies i need a new wife wait what i've heard some of those prayers i need my best friend's wife (laughs) are you with me Judge and reconcile and send away. Judge the thing that's in your heart. That's his prayer. It's not your shopping list. Judge what's going on in there. Reconcile it to what? Not to your feelings. Reconcile it to the cross and the blood. And then, by faith in the cross, send it away. Send it away so that your heart can become a well-oiled heart in the kingdom. Yes. Make a decision to attach to a promise, whatever that lack was. Amen.